Welcome to Drafting Compliance. I'm Kane, he's Tom, and in this season's series of episodes, we're going to be talking about regulatory compliance. Specifically, we're going to be talking about FedRAMP, but we're also going to be talking about beer. Um, Tom, how did we get involved in this? Yeah, it's kind of a fun story. Uh, so I'm a craft beer guy. My boss, Peter, uh, knew that I was a craft beer guy, and he said, hey, if, if you guys are going to do this video series, help us build community, you know, let's do something fun too. And he, and he suggested, why not bring craft beer into it? And I, of course, jumped at that idea. I'm a big craft beer fan. Uh, but Kane, I, as I understand it, you you are not a particularly big craft beer fan. Uh, I am not. Um, you know, my friends, my boyfriend, everybody is wondering how I've gotten talked into this. Um, but I am willing to learn new things. And uh, myself, I am a red wine drinker. I am a scotch drinker. So at least I know how to taste something. I'm looking forward to learning a lot from you, Tom. Well, I can tell you my wife, uh, when I told her I was doing this, she said, that sounds great, but she's really uh, a little bit uh, floored by the idea that I somehow managed to get beer uh, built into a work project. So um, she 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 wants to understand how that happened. And, and I don't I don't think I can convince her that it wasn't my handiwork. So well, you know, I, I've, I think you and I have both dealt with regulatory matters before, and certainly a drink at the end of the day is not out of hand. And having, <laughs> like, you've got FedRAMP experience, I've got FedRAMP experience, um, I think it probably won't be, won't be too bad to, to look forward to something. But um, yeah, why are right. we doing FedRAMP, Tom? Well, how about this? Before we get to that, let's crack our beer so we give it a, time, a oh. little bit of time to breathe. Yeah, it's not like I'm so, putting this off. Uh, yeah. Can my camera see this? So this is what, so, that's apparently yeah, beer. I chose, I chose Anchor Steam, and I chose it for a good reason, because if we're going to go on a craft beer journey, I thought we should start with what is widely considered the very first craft beer in America. So this is out of Anchor Brewing in San Francisco, first brewed in 1896. And uh, I will apologize in advance, Kane, because this isn't going to be your favorite beer. I already know that. As somebody who doesn't drink beer, this is probably going to come across a little harsh. Okay, thanks for the thanks for the warning. Um, mm, that that does not look like a glass of red wine, Tom. I have no, seen red doesn't. wine. This is not. This is also not. Now you've got a different glass than me too. Yeah, the the type of glass you you use really does change the the flavor profile. A glass like this, it's got a bit of a fluted top. Uh -huh. It helps open up open up the beer, right? Okay, so that, that kind of looks not, like a scotch tasting glass, although kind of a rather larger one than a Glencairn. Yeah, so when you're when you're looking at a beer, the or when you're tasting a beer, first thing you want to do is kind of kind of look at the <laughs> kind of look at the the picture that it gives you, right? So looks like you, beer. you notice the color. You know what kind do you notice in the color of that cane? Kind of brownish, goldenish, sort of amber. Yeah, Let's got, go with amber. You know that yeah, scene in Jurassic amber, Park where they've got like the ant in there. I think this is yeah. pr pretty much that scene. And if you pour it the way a beer should be poured, you'll get a head on it, which is a good uh, thing in a good beer. Clearly amateur so this, hour over here. Yeah, this has a nice head on it, and then we give it a, a nose so we smell it. Okay, that's mere. Uh, do, do you smell honey? Anything? I smell maybe. I smell bananas. Honey? Perhaps? You smell honey? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a good friend of mine will probably tell me it smells like violet because um, on many wine tasting tours, I've never been able to identify violet. Yeah, there's there is a little there is some spice notes in there too, but okay, we won't get too deep into the tasting or into the the, the smelling. We will start to taste it though. So, do me a favor when you when you taste it, tell me what the mouthfeel is. 
and then uh, your first impressions on the front end and the back end. I can tell you like it. But I'll tell you that uh, this does coat the mouth a little. It's it's so you quite can feel it on your tongue. I'd say it's actually quite thin in terms of mouthfeel. Like uh, I only have like red wines to compare this or scotch. This is mm-hmm. very thin, very grassy. It's like um, if I were to go out and like mow the garden, right, and and like get all the clippings and eat them, I'm fairly certain I'd get this flavor profile. It's very okay. grassy. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. it, it uh, it's a little bitter on the tongue. It does invite you back for a, a second drink, in my opinion. So it's not something that leaves you um, s- satisfied after the first drink. Oh, it gets better? <laughs> well, for me, it does. For you, maybe not. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, so that's, let's, that's, let's, let's, that's, let's get on to the FedRAMP bit here. Yeah, I will continue an, contemplating this. Anchor Steam. This, we are not affiliated. We, maybe we'll look for a sponsorship at some point if we find anything yeah. that well, I we, like. Uh, we do have uh, a Beer of the Month Club membership going oh, forward. Right. They'll, be delivering us, uh, they'll be delivering us a selection of curated beers for us to try. You know, so, my parcel uh, delivery man yeah. is going to be wondering what's going on at my house because I already have a wine <laughs> club that I'm a member of and they deliver wine quarterly. So um, yeah, this, this guy's talk. a little boozy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk FedRAMP. So why are we doing FedRAMP, Tom? I mean, I, I know that FedRAMP, well, first of all, there's multiple levels of FedRAMP. So I suppose we should probably like talk about the difference between FedRAMP limited SAS versus low versus medium versus high. Sure, that's a great question. So, you know, certainly when we look at uh, the business requirements that we have, that drives where we want to be from a uh, a FedRAMP perspective. So, w- we certainly had a choice to go low or LI mm-hmm. if we wanted to. We chose moderate. And we chose moderate for very good business reasons. Our kind of target customers, while not the federal government, they are other commercial entities doing business with the federal government. So those folks are driving to be FedRAMP, so we need to be FedRAMP to meet them where they're at, right? So that's why we chose it. In terms of of sort of the lift between LI and moderate and high, you know, there's a very good reason we don't go all the way to high, and there's a very good reason we didn't do LI or low. The, the moderate stance is 325 controls. It's 17 different families of controls. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the state 153 with some tweaks, right? Yeah, that's right. It's it's yeah. essentially repackaged NIST 53 with sort of the cloud uh, uh, variables put in. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you, anybody who's familiar with NIST 853 is going to be very comfortable in this framework. We wanted to make sure that we uh, treated our data as CUI. So uh, moderate. Uh, takes into account the use of CUI data. Now, Tom, you just used a, a term there. So for people who aren't familiar with it, CUI is controlled, unclassified information. Um, you also might hear it uh, called CUI. And I, I think some of our viewers might already be thinking, wait, this is CUI. So are they also doing CMMC, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, right? Because that also specifically is for CUI, but that's limited to the Department of Defense, right, Tom? Correct. We don't have that kind of driver. We're not trying to do business directly with the DOD. Certainly that might come in our future at some point, and we can lift the program at that point if we need to. Mm-hmm. But right now we don't. So so CMMC is just not in sort of the business requirements for us. But there are some agencies, 
or I should say some companies that are doing work with agencies that may require CMMC. Right. Or and that's kind of require... one of those things we're going to wait till like summer to figure out to see how that one really shakes out. Whereas, CM... Whereas FedRAMP is an established program. Um, yep. That's the right term, right? FedRAMP is program, right, Tom? Correct. Okay. That's cool. correct. I want to make sure we're using the right terms for folks who are less familiar with this. So uh, overall, then, let's talk through the actual roadmap, the, the journey to get to, to uh, FedRAMP moderate. Um, my understanding is, now this is just having done executive advisory, like classic gap analysis, uh, figure out what the gaps are, go plug the gaps, probably get a uh, consultancy or an agency sponsor, somebody who can actually do an assessment of our capabilities. They'll eventually give us an ATO and we might end up picking up some POAMs there on the back end and just quick terms before Tom you go into detail there an ATO is an authorization to operate and a POAM is a plan of action and milestone but Tom at a high level is that kind of the journey we're looking at here yeah that's right I think of it just a little bit different I think of it as we get ready mm -hmm. so this should in most organizations represent the largest time chunk in this project the readiness piece means you understand the control set that needs to be implemented. You've done, to your words, the gap analysis. You know what that gap analysis leaves you wanting. You fill those. You fill those gaps. You know, at the end leaves of your you readiness, wanting kind of that beer actually that that yeah. leaves me wanting like a breath mint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after you get through that, um, you know, sort of in the four to five month time frame for us, we're going to be at the stage where we start to um, talk with three PAOs third-party assessment organizations. That 3PAO is going to help us get to the next step. So they'll they'll produce what's called a readiness assessment report. You'll see it um, abbreviated as RAR, RAR. Mm -hmm. So they help us produce that. In doing so, they may give us some mitigation steps that we need to go through, uh, which is part of the process. And if we don't do that, I think I would question the 3PAO that we go through. Right. Um, so we expect that. It's a good give-and-take process. The 3PAO also helps us interface directly with the sponsoring agency. The sponsoring agency is going to require a document called an SSP. So all so of the work system that we security do, plan there for us and, and for, for viewers again who might not have dealt with an SSP. Um, this is not a 10 page document. This is a uh, I think the shortest one I've seen is 400 ish pages that kind of mirror your experience, Tom. Yeah, it's it's a novel for sure in. You know, it's not it's not written in a way that normal English users is going to appreciate. <laughs> so you, you have to go through and, and kind of work through some challenges in terms of just interpretation. That's where our platform Hyperproof really helps because it, it, it creates a very clear delineation of here's a requirement, here's a control mm -hmm. that fits that requirement so you can um, work directly to the need. And then our, our platform also produces the section uh, 13 of the SSP, which is the bulk of the SSP document in terms of controls. So we're going to go through that process. The 3PAO will actually uplift the SSP directly to our sponsor, and then we'll work with the sponsor to get our ATR, our um, authorization to operate. Going through that whole process, boom, 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 we will have several different um, designations with FedRAMP that are useful in communicating with our customers. So and those will all get listed in the marketplace, right? Yep. As we submit our RAR, we will get a, a readiness assessment. Mm -hmm. So we will be marked as FedRAMP ready. 
when we are working with the ATO and we have uplift the SSP, before they give us the ATO, we'll be in process. So we'll be FedRAMP in process. Uh -huh. And then finally, when we complete, we'll be ATO. So it's it's nice that FedRAMP recognizes the, the level of effort you're going through and gives you dis different designations that you can share with your client base as you go along that journey. All right. And so it sounds like one of the big artifacts that we'll be producing in, in the course of this is that system security plan, that SSP. Um, what other big obstacles, not, not knowing entirely like what you're going to find along here, um, I think it would be hard to predict like that everything's going to go according to plan. But other than the production of the SSP, um, what do you see as the big obstacles for us at Hyperproof to actually get to be FedRAMP, FedRAMP moderate? Yeah, this isn't the first framework I've implemented. So I can tell you that always the biggest barrier is time and resources. Um, you know, it's no different here in it, and it's always going to be that way, I think, in any organization. So, you know, it's always thought of as this is a security team effort, mm -hmm. but the reality is the security team pushes the requirements and the documentation, but the operational team has to implement and build the procedures around implementation. A, we're going to have all set. those examined, right? So not only our policies yep. and our procedures, but that's all going to be examined. There's going to be some interview testing, right, Tom? There's going to be there's going to be some significant testing that happens as you go through this process. And at the end of that testing phase, we have to be able to demonstrate repeatable proof as well. Mm -hmm. So, so you we know, can't just have a paper tiger where it all looks really good, but there's actually. And I've I've also heard that FedRAMP has a an attitude. I guess is the best way I could put it that they presuppose you're going to fail, and they don't actually presuppose <laughs> success. Does that check out with That's you right. as well? Yeah, you are not innocent until proven guilty with with FedRAMP. You are guilty until proven innocent. That's that is absolutely the truth, but. Honestly, if you look at the history of InfoSec and where the government has been in that space, it makes sense that they, they treat it that way. And I, yeah, I think it's probably the right approach in inform, information security in general. Okay. And I, I guess the only other thing then would be the you know fact that we're a cloud-based organization. When I've worked with other clients over the years on similar initiatives, the assessment boundary is really a, a challenge for defining what because in an on-premises environment, you can really have just everything in a magical enclave. You put a box around it, and everything's in boxes in scope, and everything that's not in the box, well, it's not interesting. Um, I imagine that's going to also be uh, probably a challenge for us, right, Tom? Yeah, that that actually does represent a significant challenge. So as a SaaS company, we are cloud first, and we are pretty much cloud only. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, that's true. It's not like that we've really got some means, yeah, what that really means is we have significant integrations into our platform, mm -hmm. and every one of those integrations becomes part and parcel to the assessment. So we have to go through the the numerous integrations we have and understand data flow and how it how it may impact customer data, and and decide whether or not it's in boundary or out of boundary, and also determine whether or not we can continue to use that platform, or have to build around it, find another partner, you know, whatever it might be. So. Certainly when you're a cloud native only application, that creates some challenges as well. Right, and I think we just kind of gave away some of the formula behind the show. So in the next episode of Drafting Compliance, we're actually going to, because Tom right now is working on our assessment boundary. And so in the next episode, we're planning on actually talking about the assessment boundary and looking at how we've managed to put that together and maybe even an illustration of, of what it looks like. Um, and I, I think the only other thing we said we talk about was uh, I'm supposed to, we're, we're both supposed to rate these, right? On a, on a scale of one to 10. 
Yeah, that's right. So okay, um, so a, a one is something I never want to drink again, and a ten is something I. I'm thinking this is beer. What's my scale at the top end? Something I'd consider. Ten would be something again? that you're, you're. You, I would say on your scale that you are absolutely invited back to drink again. Like okay, you, so you ten would be something I'd. St- ten would be something I'd have in my fridge, and I'd be proud to serve to my friends. You got it. Okay. Um, I don't have a good baseline. This is like, it's not the worst tasting thing I've had. Um, there, I can think of several scotches I've had that are much worse than this. I'm going to give this a two. Oh. A, a two. It's, uh, I can think of so, worse things that I've drank. I, yep. So I will say this. This is not my favorite style of beer, nor is it my favorite beer. Okay. I still like it. So, you know, this is something I drink around a fire. It reminds me of cozy winter nights, to be honest. So I would drink this again, uh, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way to buy it. So I'm going to give it a six on my scale. But um, yeah, Anchor Steam, a ancient beer in terms of craft beer. Very good. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, with that, Tom, I think we'll shut down. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for watching. And we should have another one of these episodes out in a couple weeks. So until then, um, enjoy the, the journey to FedRAMP. Maybe or maybe not try the beer remember we are not actually sponsored affiliated or otherwise involved this is just uh one we're tasting this week and i guess in a couple weeks we'll try something different so with that i'm looking forward to it i'm gonna learn a lot on this and and come back and learn about uh, our authorization boundary travels fantastic